Hey there, I'm Sarah Zarella, a portrait and wedding photographer and your host for Wedding Secrets Unveiled. This is a podcast where we cut through the complexity of wedding planning, leaving you with everything you need to know directly from the industry experts. If you want to simplify your wedding planning while having fun, of course, you came to the right place. Join me while I guide you through your planning, starting from your engagement to your big day where you say, I do. After photographing for the past 19 years, I am sharing with you tips and tricks to cut through the excess noise because I believe from the moment you said yes, your planning experience should be a magical time in your life. Here you will find episodes that are fun, stress-free, and straight to the point with a fresh, honest take on the reality of what you really need to know about planning your perfect day. Let's dive in. Welcome back to Wedding Secrets Unveiled podcast, friends. Today's episode is all about timelines. So no matter where you are in your wedding planning process, having a timeline and understanding the timeline of your day is really important. Today, we're going to be speaking with Shannon, who is the event coordinator and owner of SES Events. She's going to kind of break it down for us a little bit about why timelines are important, how to build a timeline, where to start even when you're considering a timeline, and some of important key factors that play into having a proper timeline. So if you are in the beginning stages of wedding planning, or if you're at the end stages of wedding planning, this definitely is going to be the podcast episode for you. I definitely know as being a photographer myself, one of the first questions that I get when couples call me up is they want to know a little bit about how much coverage they need or what their time of day is going to look like or their timeline. So this is a really important episode that I want to share with you all because I really think we're going to help you all try to figure out a little bit about how to set up a timeline and what your timeline of your day should look like. So sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Shannon as she dives in on all things timelines. Well, thank you, Shannon, for joining us today. Thanks, Sarah. I'm very happy to be here. So delighted. This is uh, very, very thrilling for me. I'm excited to have you because the topic at hand, it's huge. Yes, absolutely. Wedding day timelines, wedding weekend timelines even. Absolutely. Well, before we kind of get even into it about talking about all things timelines, can you tell our listeners who you are, who you serve, and what you do in your business? Sure. So my name is Shannon. I am the owner and lead planner at SES Events in Warwick, Rhode Island. But we do serve throughout New England. So I've done weddings in New Hampshire, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, uh, Maine. If anybody's looking for Maine, I haven't done Maine yet, but I'm happy to. So we serve um, all of New England doing wedding planning, everything from full planning, you know, people that need help finding a venue from really the very beginning through the very, very day that you get married um, and things just like day of coordination people that need help you know as things get closer and they're not sure they want to deal with the stress on the day of of who's going to set up and who's going to organize this and who's going to direct that that's also something that we do so pretty much start to finish everything in between i love it so there you go <laughs> shout out to maine if you're a listener in maine find shannon she's yeah, we willing love, to travel we love new challenges absolutely <laughs> i love it well shannon let's just get right into it let's talk about timelines can you explain a little bit about just general to start, what is a timeline? What are you talking about when you say timeline? Sure, so a wedding day timeline, or even broader, a wedding weekend timeline, really allows couples to have an idea of what's happening when. Uh, And obviously there's a million benefits to that and why that's important, which we'll go into. But having a timeline really spells out when things are happening. So even though it might seem simple, 
ceremony starts at four o'clock reception starts at six o'clock even though it seems simple those are things that are key to making sure your day runs really smoothly um you know benefits to doing that is making sure you're minimizing your own stress that's for starters two it's having all your vendors on the same page making sure everyone understands where to be and when what the expectations are um, and to make sure nothing's over scheduled you don't want to accidentally have your photographer come at three when you're not getting you know, started until five o'clock or whatever that might look like for you. This is such an important topic and I've been counting down the days of having you on here <laughs> because being a photographer, right? One of the first questions I get on any first phone call that I have with a couple, even before they hire Dan and I, is, well, I'm not really sure how many hours I need because I don't know what my day looks like. And so like I'm immately sort of kind of timelining their day in, in generality, like Absolutely. right on the phone the first time I talk to them. So it's so important timelines and it's so important to build one, I think right from the start. And then obviously you can start plugging in more details as it goes. But for these listeners out there, definitely listen to this entire episode because we are breaking <laughs> it fully down for you. So Shannon, for our listeners, where do they even begin? when they start thinking about timeline of their day or their weekend? Sure. So a uh, day of timeline, really, um, you want to have a rough idea right from the get-go. So the minute you have your venue, um, you would want to start with knowing what time your ceremony will start, roughly what time it will end, uh, an estimated time of one cocktail hour if you're doing that, and reception will start and end. That really is your basics. From there, um, because there's so many logistics to going into the entire day, from getting ready to travel time to all of those things, you really wanna start um, at the beginning of your ceremony and work backwards. So with that said, if you're building your timeline on your own, you're just trying to get an idea as you talk with vendors about what the day is going to look like, let's say your ceremony is starting at 4 p.m., you wanna start backwards initially and start with, okay, what time do I need to be ready by? Am I doing a first look? Do I need to account for travel? Is the ceremony in a separate location than the reception? Is that gonna make a difference? And you really need to work backwards from there. When do I need to be ready? So when do I need to get in my dress? When do I need everyone else dressed? When do I need transportation to show up? When do I need hair and makeup to start? All of those factors um, is where you would wanna start to get an idea of what you'll need. Because you might be surprised that you are going to need to be done with hair and makeup at one o'clock, even though your ceremony doesn't start till four because you're doing a first look and you're doing photos you know, on a secondary or third location somewhere and you need travel time and all of that. So you might think you need a photographer for six hours. You're like, oh, ceremony reception. That's all the six hours, that's all I need. But you're really gonna wanna factor in getting ready photos, pictures of family beforehand, any first looks, and a special exit you might be doing. So you might realize you need 10 hours of photography and not six. Yeah, so let's do this. Obviously, if somebody has an event coordinator like yourself, you really assist them with that. But let's kind of handle the people who are out there who do not have that yet or thinking about having that or have decided not to. Where do they even start with figuring out that timeline? It's obviously, you said to start with the ceremony, but how? who do they speak to about what needs to happen? Because they can't come up with all these times on their own. Absolutely. So sure, there's a lot of logistics and not everybody has an event planner, wedding planner that can help with this, but you do have other vendors. So again, starting with your venue is a great place to start because usually that's one of the first things you book, that and photography generally. So start with your vendors. They're the experts. Talk with your venue about you know what times am I contracted for, and that's part of your timeline. Five o'clock to 10 o'clock. You know that right off the bat. 
Um, and then talking with your other vendors, talking with your photographer about here's what I really want to capture. When should I have you start? When should I plan to get in my gown? Those kinds of things. Oftentimes I know, and this is why it's a great collaboration with you, Sarah, is that photographers often are building the timeline as the wedding day gets closer, especially if there's no event coordinator. It's so funny you say that. So that's why I was saying like this is a super important episode for me because one of the things that I that that I get right away when someone calls me up and is sort of you know interviewing me and I'm interviewing them to see if Dan and I are a good fit is right off the bat even before they even hire us to be their photographer is they say well I don't really know what my day looks like or my timeline looks like and I don't really know how many hours of photography coverage I need so it's it's funny that you bring that up. So what I say as a rule of thumb, and just this is just the cliff notes, guys. So obviously we're gonna get into a little bit more, but what I always say is same thing. Start with your ceremony and work backwards. So you know, obviously your ceremony and your reception, those are set times. That they're, they're they're just set. They're there. Your reception has a rental. But let's talk about prior to that. So I always say this is a rule of thumb, a starting point. And then they can, you know, consult with the other vendors, hair and makeup or other people involved, travel. Maybe now they bring on a coordinator. But I usually talk to people before the coordinator's even around. And I say, all right, so whatever time your ceremony starts, you have to end pictures a half an hour prior. Right. And then pictures for us take one hour. And the way that we break that down is we have 10 minutes on one side of the family, 10 minutes on the other. So that's 20 minutes. 20 minutes of bridal party, and then 20 minutes of bride and groom. So that's the one hour. Then we kind of tack on an extra 15, 20 minutes for first look. So like, and then we always like to put a buffer in. So now we're an hour and a half right. prior to the end. So let's say your ceremony's at 5. We stop pictures at 4.30. We do photos from 3.30 to 4.30, and we do a first look at 3. See how we just worked that? We went backwards. Now, if we're doing a first look at 3 o'clock, you have to figure out, is, are you on site? So do you have to travel? You know, and then you have to also figure out like what your photographer wants as far as getting ready photos. And that's all a conversation that we do and that we can kind of plot out, you know, on the first initial phone call. But with that said, I kind of want to talk a little bit about travel and what that entails on a timeline. I don't think that people realize <laughs> what 15 minutes up the road really turns into. Sure, absolutely. That's a huge consideration. It's one of the logistics that goes into building a timeline. Not only are you getting ready at the same location or a nearby location, but then ceremony travel, reception travel, photos, if you're doing that somewhere else. And, you know, even though, okay, if the bus arrives or shuttle, whatever you're using for your transportation arrives at three o'clock, you figure at least 10 minutes for everybody to load, another 10, 15 minutes for people to unload, account for any traffic, things like that. So 15 minutes up the road could be 45 minutes up the road by the time you get your wedding party on board or whoever it is and get to your destination. I'm so happy you brought that up because one of the things I tell like my, our couples, my couples and your couples, I'm sure you tell them the same thing is, so let's say for example, we, going back to the timeline, we are kind of just, you know, a mock timeline mm -hmm. where we say that the first looks at three. Well, great. If they're on site, perfect. They walk down and they start the first look at three. But when they say walk down, well, wait a minute. Where are you walking from? <laughs> you're walking from your room. You're right. walking from like the bridal suite. So that right there is like five, ten, five, ten minutes. Absolutely. Because you have to get your stuff, get your bouquet. Everybody has to get their stuff, walk out the door and walk down. Going so downstairs, uh, dress and shoes and yep, yep right. your entourage. Absolutely. Right. So there you go. There's 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so now... You're leaving your room at 2.45 to be ready for 3. Or let's say you're doing your first look at the venue, but you're getting ready at a hotel room. And let's just say the hotel room's 15 minutes on GPS down the road. 
Well, Shannon, <laughs> what do you what do you allow for that fifteen minutes to be ready at three o'clock for the first look, but they're at the hotel room? When should they leave, basically? So if you're planning a first look somewhere else for three o'clock, I would I always err on the side of caution. I would absolutely say that if it's 15 minutes up the road, the, you know, whether it's, you know, one half of the wedding party, the entire wedding party, everybody needs to be prepared to be on site 15 minutes earlier than they think, which means you're leaving 15 minutes earlier than that, which means you're boarding 10, 15 minutes earlier than that. So I would say 2.15, you'd be getting on a shuttle, bus, whatever it is, to be there. If you're there early, great. You can hang out, you can you know, have a drink, whatever, relax beforehand, but better to be early and have things run smoothly than everyone's rushing and panicking and arriving late. So funny, because that's the exact time I had in my head. See, there's science to this madness. <laughs> because I would, you know, because you also have to consider that some of these, so guys, when you're listening, think about, you know, like, like Shannon said, literally leaving the hotel room and walking to your transportation. That right there is five minutes. Think about people who might need to go to the bathroom. Think about people who might disappear. Like I have a lot of, you know, maybe there's, there's moms in your, in your bridal party that are new moms and they're breastfeeding, or maybe there is dad who can't figure out how to put his tie on. And all of a sudden he's watching a YouTube video. (laughs) You could do a separate (laughs) podcast on wrangling wedding parties, getting everyone to be, you know, someone's not in the restroom. Someone's not grabbing a drink. Someone's not for, got something and has to run back oh yeah mm-hmm. well that's why you that's why <laughs> the event coordinator is on site also to rattle the right. troops but but also too one of the things that i don't think a lot of people understand is um transportation cannot go down certain roads that normal cars can like for example when you start to get into the historic uh, newport district there's a lot of roads that a trolley cannot go down so sure. even though you're plotting on gps something that's actually not the way that a limo or a trolley can. I mean, even if you're not local to Rhode Island, I'm sure there's areas where you are getting married that maybe there's places that are not the direct or the easy route for a, 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 trans, a large Absolutely. transportation to go down. Yeah. Um, well, good. I'm glad that we're on the same page. <laughs> yeah. So tell, tell us a little bit about, you know, we talked about a little bit about working backwards on a timeline and communicating with the venues. But what about some realistic expectations for timelines when we're actually at the venue? Mm-hmm. So um, something may always go a little off timeline, which is okay. Uh, I feel like with uh, an event coordinator or even a venue coordinator, they understand that dinner may run five or ten minutes late. Something might happen. So set yourself up for realistic expectations that you're not going to have it down to the minute. Uh, I know sometimes people think that that's possible and it's really not and that's okay. Um, but with the venue itself or the rest of the day from the ceremony on having a guide really just helps keep everything on track. So once your ceremony starts, you plan the 25, 30 minutes, depending on where the ceremony is going to be knowing that, okay, do I want to have a receiving line after? Are we doing photos here? Are we going somewhere else to do photos? That will then add time in between that, the cocktail hour, if you're doing that, the reception start time, all of that. So some of the factors you'll want to consider afterwards would include, again, that travel time, whatever photos still need to be taken. Uh, It's funny with photos, a lot of times people think a first look or photos are going to take, you know, hours or hours, or they might be like, oh, it's 15 minutes. It's like, no, an hour is generally a, you know, a fair amount of time. Um, planning whether or not you uh, are going to do a big introduction into your reception, whether you're going right into dinner, right into dances. There's so many different logistics to consider to fit it all in that timeline because I think the important piece that people forget, and transportation is a big one, so we definitely should go back to that, but 
with photography in particular, my biggest concern for my couples is that are we going to capture all the moments before the photographer leaves at the end of the night? So you have the reception ending at 10 or 11, but you already only contracted your photographer for eight hours and they're leaving at 8.30. What happens when the cake runs late? What happens when you have some moment that all of a sudden comes up and you don't have that person there to capture it for you? So... I'm glad you brought that up because kind of what we were talking about was like a two-step process. Somebody who's listening who doesn't have an event coordinator and someone who's listening who does. So if you have an event coordinator like yourself, these are the questions that you will be bringing up to the couples to make sure that they're thinking about that because you're exactly right. A lot of times people think that maybe their photographer's there till the end, but that might not be what their coverage or their package entails. So, you know, you want to make sure that everything is put into the timeline before they leave. Or is there, is there flexibility with your photographer if they can right. stay a little bit later? But I think, like you said, it sounds like to me, especially if you have an event coordinator, you will make sure all of that happens while their coverage is there. Absolutely. Or sometimes it's a matter of rearranging things. So knowing that dinner is running late and you were going to do the best man speech as dinner ended, maybe that's what you fill that time with because you want to make sure that's captured and that's not missed. And you, you know, an event coordinator will help rearrange that schedule for you. So things you might not even thought of are going to affect your timeline and you want to be thinking of, okay, so how can we like ebb and flow with this? You know, it's funny you bring that up because that's something that you can obviously do prior, but also too, that's one of the key components of having an event coordinator the day of, because even when it's running late, I've worked with you, for example, and you came up to me, you're like, okay, what time are you leaving? What time do they have you here? Because obviously guys, if you extend your coverage, it's, it's, it is going to extend your budget. So we all want to try to make sure that we stay within your budget. Absolutely. So there's, there's sometimes there's, you just can't get around it. I mean, if, if your dinner's running late, your dinner's running late. But if your dinner's running late and we can kind of say like, okay, let's tweak the timeline a little bit. Instead of cutting the cake now or like, like then, let's cut it now. Like event planner can on the spot work with you, making sure everything stays on time. So that's why a bonus of having an event planner is. Right. And if you don't have an event planner, having something laid out ahead of time that you can share with all your vendors ahead of time. We're talking three, four weeks ahead of time. So everyone knows what page to be on and what the general guideline is. Then on the day of, if something does happen and you don't have an event coordinator, decisions can be made because your photographer, your band, the venue coordinator, everybody knows, okay, the key cutting was supposed to happen here, but maybe we need to make some adjustments because Sarah's leaving in 15 minutes or whatever. So having that spelled out on paper really is a huge benefit for everyone involved in your wedding. Exactly. And you know, it's definitely something where you, like you said, if you don't have a coordinator, I don't want people thinking like, oh gosh, it's not going to be successful because if you hire the right vendors, for example, like you said, the coordinator at the venue, the photographer, the DJ or the band, we're all working together. We all know what needs to happen prior before anybody leaves or just in general, the day of, let's say we're all there till the end. Anyway, we know what needs to happen and we'll make sure it, it's, it goes as according to plan. But having kind of like a good idea of what each person needs, that could be a great starting point for people. It's just kind of contacting their key vendors, finding out what they all need, and then putting it all together. But I think a good starting point, at least coming from me who is a photographer, would be your photographer. Because the photographer is there all day with you. Mm -hmm. Also, too, if you have an event coordinator, well, that's a no-brainer. You go to your event coordinator or, you know, or, or if they have, um, you know, day of coordination you go right to your planner. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Shannon, you said a little earlier about transportation and wanting to revisit that. Let's do it. 
Sure. Tell us about transportation, what that entails, and how it affects your timeline. Yeah, so in talking about using your resources, using your vendors, they're the experts. A lot of times, in addition to wanting to have some sort of rough idea of a timeline for your photographer, um, it would be also transportation. When you try and get an estimate, a quote, for any kind of wedding day transportation, they need to know when things are happening and where it's happening to be able to do that for you. So there's things you're going to want to consider. You know, are you having one giant bus pick all of your guests up, all of your wedding party up at the same time, and everyone's going to be dropped off together? Are there going to be rounds made with transportation? So some guests are arriving 45 minutes before the ceremony and some guests are arriving at the start time. Those are all things you'll need to consider and have an idea of in order to work with your transportation company. And they can certainly guide you. Transportation companies are great for building in that buffer for unloading, unloading traffic, all of those considerations. So don't be afraid to you know, make notes and ask for help there because you wanna make sure that your guests aren't arriving an hour beforehand. Some venues don't even allow your guests to come on site that far in advance. You wanna make sure that your guests um, that are arriving a little bit closer will you know, have a place to go and all of those things. So you wanna make sure that when you're building your timeline, you're factoring some of those other things in that would affect your transportation. But two, that you can tell your transportation company, hey, you know, I want my guests to arrive no earlier than 4.30 because the ceremony's at five and they can't be on site. So how can we make that work? How many buses would I need? How many trolleys would I need? You know, what time should the wedding party be picked up so that we're out of sight before the rest of the guests start arriving? Again, leaning on your experts is huge. Um, using that rough timeline that you have and then really finalizing that later on as things get closer. You know what? You brought up a really good point. Guests arriving earlier. <laughs> <laughs> so let's do this. <laughs> I can tell by your laugh. Let's take a quick break, and then when we get back, we're going to touch upon that. Sure. I appreciate you being here. And hey, if you like what you're hearing, I encourage you to check out our website at sarahzarella.com. And don't forget, you can actually subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening so you never miss an episode. And I would so appreciate if you left a fabulous review on Apple Podcast. Even better, share it with a friend. It's a great way to show your support. And now, let's get back to the episode. All right, well, welcome back to Wedding Secrets Unveiled. So, Shannon, before the break, we were talking a little bit about guests. Uh-huh. So There's always one. <laughs> So let's talk about what happens if those guests arrive early. Sure. So it certainly depends on the venue. I feel like this stems, though, from a lot of people feeling like they have to put their ceremony start time as earlier. So, for example, if your ceremony is starting at 5, a lot of people feel like they need to put on the invitation. Ceremony starts at 4.15 or 4.30. And then that automatically gets guests to arrive at 4. So now you've got guests coming an hour early. Um, and it's really not necessary. In my experience, very, very rarely do we have, do I find that guests arrive late and are interrupting things. If this ceremony start time says five o'clock, 445, guests are really good about coming 15 minutes, 20 minutes early at least. So I, I you know, I, ideally it's not happening much. I've, I have had guests come early, like didn't get the information that a time changed from a couple and we were still in the middle of setup. So we were, you know, inviting them to take advantage of the bar and use the time to grab a drink or something like that. Um, but certainly that's not something couples want to be worrying about on their day of guests showing up early. So working with your venue to say, what will you do or how will it be handled 
if there's no event coordinator? If guests start arriving early, will they be allowed to stay on site? Will they have to leave? Are there places nearby you can recommend that you would direct people to? Exactly, because I think it's really important for people to understand that not every venue allows people on site if they arrive early. And also, too, I, I do agree with you. It's funny you bring up that point. Um, I, I do see that a lot. A lot of times, because obviously being early and punctual, you think is very important. But when you put that on an invitation that the ceremony actually starts earlier than it really does, I find that it actually does a disservice. So I really Agreed. think that being honest with the invitation about exactly what time it is. I mean, put it this way. Guests are going to be late. They're, they're going to be late. And guests who are going to be early, are not. you're now making them even more early. And so especially if you're at like a church or a temple or, or a reception place that you, there is something else happening or sometimes like doors aren't opened up at a certain time. It's not doing anybody right justice then they're standing around they're waiting might be hot there might not be you know a place for them to sit you know there's a whole bunch of factors obviously you don't want to leave your guests hanging but also too exactly like when you're doing the timeline if you don't have an event coordinator start asking these questions at your venue or at where you're getting married whether it be a church or a temple or like maybe somewhere outside like what are the um avenues that people do or what what is directed to people who do show up early mm-hmm Shannon, let's talk a little bit about the formalities at the end of the night. A lot of times what I see is a lot of overscheduling. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, too, that comes with pictures. Like, I always tell my couples, definitely give me your, like, must-have photos. But when I start to see the list becoming a little long, I, I, I kind of say there's a delicate balance. Because this is such an important day for you guys. But at the same time, and you want all these pictures, but at the same time, you want to make sure that you enjoy your day. So there's this beautiful, delicate balance about having the imagery from your day with all your family and friends that are there, but at the same time, not in front of being in front of the lens the whole time. Sure. So that comes with obviously a lot of scheduling and timelining, working with your photographer. But how about at the formalities of night of? Like, what suggestions can you give people about not over scheduling their timeline? Sure. So that's a big one. Couples want to enjoy their day and capture as much of it as possible. But at the same time, it's going to go by so quickly. It is going to be over before you know it. The day goes by, you're doing all of these things and suddenly you're like, wait, where did the time go? So you want to make sure that you're not over scheduling because you want to have time to just breathe. You want to be able to take a pause here and there, whether, you know, that's you and your new wife or husband, whoever that person is, you want to take a moment to remember what it's all about. I feel like with weddings specifically, people tend to lose sight of that in all of the chaos. And really that day is about you guys. So making sure there's not an over scheduled timeline where you don't have a moment to pause, where you don't have a moment to look away or just be in a conversation with someone, sit down for a minute take a sip of something and like relish it all. Take a look around. There's there's certainly points in the timeline where you can build that stuff in, which I've done, whether it's a private look at the reception before everyone comes in or private last dance, those things. Uh, but over scheduling, you really want to make sure when you're thinking about events that need to happen that night, you kind of leave it broad in terms of there's this many toasts. So maybe it's not, okay, we need to set in three minutes for uncle tim and two minutes for the best man and this and that it's just we know we have three toasts we need to set some time for that and we want to make sure that happens before dinner or right after dinner same thing with dances we know we have two parent dances and a first dance we need to get in again ballparking where that will happen will help keep things in line but don't feel like you need to go 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 the entire time 
I also think too, I know I keep coming back to pictures, but I'm biased. <laughs> um, sunset, when the sunset. Yes. I mean, sunset is such an, a, a beautiful time of day and so important. And you want that beautiful golden hour photos. So it's really important to work with your venue or your coordinator or your photographer and kind of figuring out first and foremost googling sunset the day of your wedding it's absolutely i put it on every timeline that i make just as a reminder so i don't forget sunset is at 7 27 that's not the best time that we should be doing cake cutting or whatever might fall in line there we want you outside to enjoy that moment but also too not only to enjoy that moment but how about the people who are getting married before daylight savings or um like later in the season I think they don't even realize sometimes what time the sun does set. And so therefore, they can't even do pictures after three o'clock. Right. Exactly. <laughs> sure. Yeah. In those winter months, you know, sunsets at 427, you're, you know, four o'clock ceremony, you don't have a lot of time in between. So if outside photos are something that's important to you, that's something you're going to need to consider and talk with your photographer about. Uh, whether it's, you know, doing as much as you can beforehand or figuring out a way to make that work. I also was wondering, what is the like advice that you give everybody who's listening on when they should start their timeline or maybe like when they should finalize it? What are we kind of talking about timelines of timelines? Sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, because, you know, people, you don't know what you don't know. And people think timelines, okay, they may not even know that that's something they need to have. And then there's other people who think they need to have it perfect from the get-go. So really starting a rough timeline as soon as you have your venue is great because you have those key times, ceremony start time, any travel time, reception start time, and end time. But really looking at three to four weeks beforehand is when you need to have the final timeline because there are so many logistics that go into it. And as you bring on new vendors, there's going to be delivery and setup times that will make, you know, a difference behind the scenes and things, you know, in terms of like florals being delivered, your bouquets for pictures, all of that. Those are all logistics that are going to be kind of hashed out closer to the big day. So having a rough timeline is great, but it does not need to be anywhere near perfect until we get to like that three, four weeks out where you can share it with your venue, you know, venue vendors and make any of those final adjustments. You know, I know that sometimes you know, when you're getting married, we feel you guys, we know that you have a checklist and we know that you're trying to check things off your list. But it, unfortunately, part of the whole thing of getting married is it's kind of like rush, 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 book, 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 everybody. And then there's like this like silence and this like time when you can just enjoy your engagement. But then all of a sudden, it, it, unfortunately, it does pick up right before your wedding. And there's no way of getting around it because like Shannon, you said, you really cannot be finalizing a timeline three or four months out. It has to be right before the wedding. And I hate to say that, but it does because there's so many logistics, so many RSVPs are you waiting for, or certain things you know that you're waiting for. So I know at least with my couples, I don't even do the quote unquote final detail phone call with them until two weeks out. Mm-hmm. And I know that a ton of people want to get this information prior, but all you're doing is spinning your wheels because it's going to change. Right. And you want to be able to use that time, again, to, like Sarah said, enjoy your engagement, focus on other things, not do 700 revisions of a timeline as you bring on new vendors and everything. Again, rough timeline, great. Gives you an idea, gives your photographer an idea, gives your transportation company an idea, but finalizing it really that month before. So Shannon, before we talk about the wrap-up question, let's put some of this in like 
practical experience. So <laughs> I, I want to talk about a particular wedding that we just did together this past season. And it was interesting because they had a very unique time gap. They were getting married at a, uh, at a church. So sometimes for people who haven't started their timelines yet or people who have, you all realize that, you know, there is only certain times that you can get married at certain locations. Mm-hmm. So let's take, for example, this couple, they were getting married at a church. And there was only a certain time that they could have the mass because I think other things were happening at the church. And then they have the rental of their venue. And I think they had a good like three hours in between. So, you know, as far as photography goes, we only really need about an hour. And then taking in consideration the transportation time, which we all talked about earlier. But really that left this couple with like a good 45 minutes to kind of kill. So if your venue doesn't allow you on site at a certain time, they came up with this great idea to serve Dell's. Yes. Right after their ceremony. Amazing. I love it. Yep. But there's some logistics that have to happen with this. Sure. So, you know, let's just put our timeline in perspective here and we'll, we'll kind of go over like what you as an event planner did behind the scenes to make sure things kind of moved along. Sure. So, yep, their ceremony was at a church. Everything was beautiful. It was perfect. Um, and then they were not doing a first look, so they were trying to come up with some creative solutions on how they could have their guests feel like they were still doing something and they could socialize and spend some good time together while they were off doing photos. So um, as soon as the ceremony ended, everyone came outside. The Dell's truck was waiting. Everyone loved it. Huge hit. Um, guests got to enjoy that, have a nice refreshment. I, you know, It was a pretty warm day, so people got to talk hang out while the wedding party went on and did their photos and then it was time for them to all head over to the reception so when they arrived they'd already had a refreshment they were feeling good and the timing worked out great where people you know really didn't feel like they were just standing around it gave them something to do but then you know it was just enough time so that the couple could get away and do what they needed to do before the reception started right and also too sticking on the timeline was important because something like that when you you do for your guests that can even though we've only set i think it was like 45 minutes we set for that and then when i say 45 minutes like people ushering out of the church mm-hmm. getting their beverage having it and then getting in their cars otherwise if you don't have someone keeping things on track you're going to have them sitting around for an hour an hour and a half and there was somewhere else we all needed to be right so it was really important to have like a like a like someone like yourself on site to make sure that the couple knows that okay it's time to kind of move on like you've had your time to enjoy but now it's time to move on because you want to take these beautiful pictures but at the same time also like enjoy your reception at the you know other end of the destination absolutely you know what i just realized shannon (laughs) I just realized we say Dells, but if you are not from pretty much Rhode Island, you're probably like, what is We a take Dells? it for granted that Dells, like everyone knows what that is. It is a delicious frozen treat. So Dells, yeah, is a well-known throughout Rhode Island and some of New England lemonade, frozen lemonade company. Uh, they have locations, they have trucks, they have carts. So anytime uh, summer in New England, there's a Dells probably almost as as um, frequently as a Dunkin' Donuts around here, you can find one pretty much anywhere. Yeah, so that way, if you're not getting married in the area, if you just want a nice, like, refreshment, I'm sure there's companies like this where you are. Exactly. Or if you are getting married here and you're not native here, this is a great thing to give to your guests because a lot of times people are traveling out of state and they're coming in and they can, like, try a wonderful delicacy for Rhode Islanders. Right. Who would have known? Yeah, yeah, Lemonade. something special to <laughs> Rhodey, yeah. 
So Shannon, for our wrap-up question, what should couples consider when they're thinking about their timeline? Sure. So we have obviously talked about a lot of things. There's a lot of things that go into a timeline for your wedding day, but really couples should focus on what's most important to them first. So what do you really want that day to look like? What are the most important key elements to looking back on your day? Secondly, you want to work backwards. As silly as that seems, you really want to focus on starting backwards. So you make sure that everything beforehand leads you to a smooth and seamless everything else. You want to lean on your vendors. They're your experts. So don't be afraid to ask questions, ask for opinions, particularly your venue, your photographer, your musicians. They're going to be instrumental into making sure that your timeline is, you know, really achievable and making sure it stays on track. Um, and of course, you know, you, you really want to have a big picture and then fit everything into it. Right. And also too, don't try to over plan your timeline super way in advance. Right. And then like some little tips just to kind of leave this there. Think about travel. It definitely takes longer. Think about putting extra time there as buffer too. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Shannon, for joining us for this week's episode of Wedding Secrets Unveiled. You helped our listeners become one step closer to their journey of a stress-free wedding planning. Can you tell everybody where they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. So we, you can find us on Instagram, SES Events or I, and uh, you can also find us on our website, seseventplanning.com. And also, too, for the listeners, what I will do is I will have all of Shannon's information on the episode show notes where you can find on our blog at sarahsrella.com backslash podcast. Well, thank you, Shannon. Awesome. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you for listening to Wedding Secrets Unveiled. I appreciate you being here. And hey, if you enjoyed this episode, I want to tell you something. I encourage you to check out our website at sarahzarella.com. We love photographing while having fun, of course. Check out our podcast page on our website for our show notes along with upcoming episodes with your local wedding experts. Listen in as we help you plan your epic event. And don't forget that you can actually subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening so you never miss an episode. I would so appreciate if you left a review for us on Apple Podcasts. Even better, share it with a friend. It's a great way to show your support and let us know what you think. If you know any wedding experts that would like to be a guest, we have a link directly on our website where they can let us know. Thank you for listening.